Hello, my friends. I am Lucas Mack, and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where I define inspiration and purpose coming from treating people like people and nothing less. Treating people like people and nothing less. And part of treating others like the human beings that they are and worthy of being treated as is starting to treat yourself as that first. And today's guest is the beautiful, powerful, and profound Sarah Adler, who is an author of two holistic cookbooks, but she's more than that. It's not just about the food that you put in your body. It's about what you'll hear from her, the ritual, the ceremony, the intentionality, the pause. This episode is incredibly powerful for every person who right now you might be struggling with food and eating and weight and body image and how you feel and all the things that you may not want to talk about that happen in the bathroom because you're embarrassed or carry shame about. This episode is for you. So I'm honored to bring the powerful Sarah Adler to the Golden Rule Revolution. <laughs> you're giving her all this good. Um, it's good. Uh, Sarah, my... My sweet sister, it is so <laughs> nice to have you on the podcast. How are you? I'm so good. It's so fun to be here. Thanks for what, having me. <laughs> what a journey. So everyone listening, like I mentioned in the intro, I've known Sarah for quite a while and I have, I mean, not that long, but it was almost like loose connections where we knew similar people. I think we had dinner one time <laughs> together and then you know, life happens and you go on your path and I've gone down on my path, but watching your path be truly dedicated to healing, not just the body, but also I can tell you're, you're integrating the healing of the soul and really whole health is more than just the body. And it has been so beautiful to, to see your journey. So Thank you for joining the Golden Rule Revolution. Yeah, and so I'm so glad to be here. I think, you know, we were just talking a few minutes ago and just the, like that everybody I think has a healing journey of some kind and whether they want to label it as that or not, um, I think there's so many different routes that it can take and so many different ways that it can manifest too. Like whether it's, you know, with, work or with processing emotions or it's healing with like food or your relationship to food. Like there's, there's so many different parts that I think sometimes people don't realize that the whole overarching theme is like learning how to heal yourself and learning how to um, just be a little bit more in tune and connected to like what's really going on instead of what we learn as a culture, which is just like stuff it down, like yeah. get too busy. Don't, don't deal with things. Just like distract yourself, like keep going a million miles a minute. Um, and so it's just such a good conversation, I think, to have and keep having and kind of showing people all the different ways that that can actually look. Mm, that's so beautiful. And one thing is sparked while you're saying that. For everyone listening, being numb is not equal to being healed. Being numb, it's like all those distractions seem to like numb us. But, and then we think, oh, I don't feel too much pain, but that numbness is not equal to the freedom of healing, right? I mean, would you say that or is it, does that resonate in any way? Yeah, I mean, I think that's where most people need healing. Mm. <laughs> it's just from 
numbing and numbing things that we don't even realize that we're doing. It's just like an unconscious thing or something that we learned um, modeled for us or just uh, even as a society, that's kind of how we're taught to move through life. Um, and so to do the opposite, sometimes it takes a little bit of work um, and awareness and the things that I do and teach people, like it all revolves around your health. Like it starts with food and keeping that really simple, but that the conversation then always evolves to what does that mean? Like mentally, like your mental health and your emotional health and your spiritual health, like all of those things are connected. Um, but it's something again, that we're not really taught that all those things are connected. Like people always think like, okay, the problem is food or that I don't know how to eat or that I'm overwhelmed by this or that, um, you know, just being too extreme either way, like too all or nothing with their food of like being perfectly perfect and on or totally like off the wagon. And, um, so it's just a really like interesting integrative process <laughs> to go through. And I think once you start that journey, no matter what end you're starting from, whether it's for mental health and then you end up having to address your food or you, it starts with food and then you end up having to like, think about how you know what your purpose is in this world so more like on the spiritual health yeah. they all no matter which way you approach it you kind of have to address all the different parts um in order to like live a life that is feeling like on purpose and that you are um being fulfilled i think in a lot of different ways not just going through the motions for you as you look back from i mean your earliest memories how did I guess the question, I, I was wondering this before we got on your, we use your recipes in our house. We, yeah, we love them. Great. And that is <laughs> so beautiful. I mean, the food, the food part is, is one thing, but just the overall, and I know you, and I, I will say this to everyone listening, like you are authentic and I, and it truly is from an inside out, like experience that people see you and it's a reflection of, of you. And looking back as your younger years, what did you learn that led you to the path of now bringing these cookbooks, bringing food, bringing health? Like what was it as a, at an early age that either you were confused about or yourself or just how, how did you get to this path really is the question, but yeah. you know, yeah. food and yourself and healing and mm -hmm. religion. Yeah. So I, grew up um, in a household where like both of my parents were very health aware. I think especially at that time, that was like not a common thing. Like both of them were kind of hippies in college and then they both were vegetarian for a long time. And then when I was born, they tried to, you know, stay vegetarian. And then they decided it was like a little too hard to do with kids. So then, and my sister is born and they're like, this is too much. So we'll, you know, they're like, we'll have some chicken and some turkey and some fish, but we won't eat red meat because at the time that was all they knew. So mm -hmm. it was like a conversation that was talked about that I grew up with of like, um, it's good to eat healthy. Like we want to be healthy. Um, and I think they did such a great job. Like they knew more than than other families I think at that time even though looking back now I'm like what we were like eating so much pasta and you know things because it was like pasta was fat free <laughs> um, but I think I was really just like born with this um, 
very intense interest in wanting to be healthy. Like I, and it always came from a really good place of like, I want to take care of myself. Like to me, being healthy was cool. You know, I was like, I will feel great. Like I want to be my best. Um, And then the older I got, like into middle school and high school, it became almost like an obsession. Like it was, Mm. um, it was like an interest and a love. And so my parents always supported that love of like buying me whatever books I wanted that were about nutrition or about cooking. Really, it was about baking, I think, at that time. And then (laughs) um, I was like, I'm making cookies. This is so cool. Um, And they really did like support in any way, anything that I wanted to do. And so it, but I started to consume like every, you know, fitness magazine and every like diet book and every nutrition textbook. And I was just so into it. I started using myself as like a test case. And this is like back in the day when it was not cool to be healthy. Like now it is kind of a trendy thing, like where it's like a, it's like a cool thing. You know, people are like, they want to be, they, they want to be educated. They want to take care of themselves. Back then I was just such the weird kid. Like my friends were like, why don't you want to eat this pizza? Like, I don't, what are you talking about? You don't eat burgers. You don't eat fries. Like what? So, um, I, it was just this innate interest in me. Like my mom says, even when I was like seven, I was just like begging to go to the grocery store. And I like loved picking out my healthy cereal at the time. And um, yeah, but then I took it to an extreme. I think I just didn't really know coupled with the fact of like, you're just in the most awkward stage of life ever. And you're just insecure. And you just like anything that you can do to feel like you're more in control. Um, So I had this just like very intense like need to follow all the directions to be perfect at eating to work out every day like and I was so hard on myself um and I became obsessive about being perfect with eating and that like was really for most of my like middle school high school even into college I was just like that there was always like voices in my head always conversations that I was having about like okay, I'll do this this way, or I'm going to buy my own snacks. And I was living like in the sorority house and like, just I had all these like strategies and calculations and things that I was doing in my mind. And, um, it took a trip to Italy to realize that like, not everybody lives like that. Mm. And I think that was my first experience. I remember just sitting, um, in Italy, which is a trip that I almost didn't go on because I had so much anxiety about the food there Mm. and just knowing that it was all unhealthy like it was pizza pasta everybody ate gelato after every meal you know like everyone thought that they're like it's the best you know they'd be describing like it's the best and I inside was like panicked you know and I think the interesting thing is that I had this full-blown like relationship to food that was very negative but I didn't even realize it because it's not something that I talked about like even my best friends didn't really know all the things that was going on inside, all the anxiety I felt, like all of this like pressure I put on myself, um, they would never be able to know or tell that. But um, in Italy, I just remember observing these Italian women who were just sitting and they were so peaceful and so calm and so present with each other, just like having lunch and like sipping on some wine and they had a little pasta and salad. It was just like, It wasn't about the food. It was being with the other person. Mm. And I remember thinking like, I don't think I've ever really had a meal like that in my life where I could just 
kind of calmly be and sit. I just, you know, so that was like a huge moment for me. And then I became obsessed with like, okay, well, why actually everybody here that I could see in Italy was doing that. Everybody was enjoying it. Everybody was, you know, took the time to eat. Everybody, nobody was like working out. There was no gyms, you know, I was like, how does this work? These people are happier. They're calmer. They look better. They like obviously don't have any things about food and their health as a defining thing in their life. And um, that was when I first started learning about real food and became sort of then obsessed with that of like, wait a minute, <laughs> so they eat things that are all the things you hear you shouldn't, yet they are happier, they seem healthier. Um, so what's the deal there? And so that kind of started my journey into real food. And that was kind of the really most eye opening moment of like, you can have stuff that is not diet food, and feel better, also be healthier, but more importantly, have like a really good relationship to food where it's calm and it's peaceful and you can enjoy stuff that you love um, without being so extreme either way. Powerful and eye-opening and so bizarre, right? That there's not <laughs> real food. I mean, I yes. was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast and he had this <laughs> nutritionist on or something and they were talking about uh, fast food burgers and what the actual percentage of real meat is in, <laughs> in these burgers. And it was disgusting. It was terrible. Like Taco Bell is like 8% real meat. <laughs> something crazy. Like, so weird. Yes. Happening? How did we get here? This is such a bizarre time mm-hmm. to be consuming that, which is not real, but it almost is like synonymous with all the things in society. Like there's mm-hmm. so much, there's so much of everything, but mm-hmm. it's hard to find out like what's real, like what's the real authentic, healthy. And that's why it's so beautiful yeah. what you're doing is with these cookbooks and your narrative in them and the presentation, it's really showing this is the beauty of, and simplicity. Yeah. Right. Above all. Being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just having that experience. That's really profound. I, I, I love it. And all the people that have helped with your creative, they're beautiful people. I know. (laughs) You have brought this beautiful world around you. Um, and it, and it shows and it's really, it's really awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Did, so the peace that observing those women at peace, how, how much did that contrast? Because I, I hearing your story, it's almost like as a, were you afraid in high school or middle school when you became so obsessive that something bad would happen to you if you didn't stay on this path? Was it overweight or did, was there a narrative of like uncle so-and-so had a heart attack because he, he smoked? I mean, was there something that it was counter to a narrative that you heard growing up? Um, no, I think it was just all in my own head. Huh. Like, it really was just all in my own head of like, yeah, I, I think I was like, I mean, I know that I have like a smaller metabolism or a slower, not smaller, slower metabolism than most. Um, I just remember at a very, very young age being like highly aware that I could not eat the same way that all my friends ate Mm. without feeling terrible and feeling like I would like gain weight automatically. I think it's just like my body type has always been, the way that it's been 
and now I appreciate it and love it of just like, it's like, I've just been so it's been steady and consistent my whole life. And, um, but like different than other people's body types and different, you know, so it was just always this awareness of like, I know that I can't get away with what other people are doing. So I better like, this is my way to like control that and control what's happening. Mm -hmm. At what point did you, um, putting together cookbook, it's not just writing. Um, it's, there's not a narrative. I mean, it is really a lot of research. I am assuming that goes into what works, what doesn't work. At what point did you say, Hey, I'm going to, I have an idea. I'm going to put this out into the world. <laughs> yeah, totally. What was that journey? <laughs> so yeah. So with the first, um, cookbook, which is called the simply real health cookbook. Um, I had been, um, I had started my business probably four years before that. And even before that had been like working and coaching with people one-on-one. So it had probably been, I'd been doing it for seven years before the book even like came to be. And the way that it came to be was just, I started realizing I had started a blog like way back in the day. And it was just my journey of like learning to cook because when I came home from that trip to Italy, I realized that like in order to eat real food, you had to cook. Like you couldn't, I couldn't just exist on like the Starbucks drive through like I was doing or like drinking coffee all day long uh, or eating like cliff bars for lunch, which is definitely what I was doing before that that just was not like that's not real food. So in order to get there, you have to kind of learn to cook. And so it was just my process of being like, okay, I know that I, I want to take care of myself because I realize how much better I feel when I do this. Mm -hmm. And so many things that I didn't even realize were, um, dragging me down until I did make that shift to real food. Um, it just simplified everything in my brain. Like all of a sudden it was no longer like what diet was cool or what trend was cool and what was I doing now? And then like, you know, always shifting and changing depending on what was happening. But it was much more of this like very peaceful, calm, like, is it real food or is it not? And then that made it so much easier to then start cooking. But when I did start cooking, I was like so overwhelmed because every book that I looked at that was healthy had like a million ingredients. Like it would take you at least 45 minutes to go from like the recipe to like sitting down to something to eat. And I was just frankly like too lazy. Like I'm like, (laughs) I get it. I want to eat good. So I feel good, but I also don't, I'm not so obsessed with cooking that like, I want to be doing this for an hour every night. Like I don't have the time for that. So I would look at that and then I would look at like cookbooks that were um, quick and easy cookbooks. So, but it would be a lot of comfort food. It'd be like pasta every night because that's quick and easy, but you don't feel good when you eat pasta every night, or at least I didn't. So I was like, there's got to be something. Like, I want to eat well. I want to eat healthy. I want to eat real food, but I also don't want this to take forever. Like, I don't have, I don't have the patience for that. So I started like looking at recipes and I would be like immediately being like, what can I cut out? here what's like not necessary what are like the main components of this thing and I think it was just a process for me and that's kind of how the blog started was like look like you can eat healthy and also it can take you 10 minutes you know also it can take 15 minutes also 
20 minutes max, but then you'll have leftovers for the next day. And I think that that was like a really big thing that started, you know, other people were resonating with that of like, yeah, I want the benefits of all of this, but I'm not going to make it my entire life and entire world based around only shopping and only cooking and like being fully immersed in it. That works for some people, but, um, I wanted like a rich, full life, not just only being too, again, too obsessed with the food part. So um, that was like the process for me. And I think the more that my business grew with one-on-one coaching clients, I was just able to see, I would test those recipes with them of the things that I was making and trying to prove it to them. Like, look, this is really easy. You don't need to know how to cook. Like this is like, it's actually very simple and it's enjoyable when it's simple because Mm -hmm. you're not like needing, it's not this big mountain you have to climb and you have to know all these things in order to get there. It's like, no, it's five ingredients or less, 20 minutes or less. And so that became, that became my theory and my method was like, you can do this. This is how easy it is. And then let me show you what to actually make. Um, so like the, the practical. And so I think that's been the beautiful part. That's been the foundation of everything I do is that I had like hundreds of clients that had been testing these recipes for years and I got feedback from them which ones their kids you know like it started their kids eating kale and liking it or like which ones like their picky you know partner or spouse at home was like they ate the entire thing and then realized that it was healthy Mm -hmm. and so those became like the main recipes and that's really how the first book came to be was that I knew that these were the things that would change people's lives because it would change their opinion of what healthy eating actually was and then how easy it was to actually do it amazing amazing (laughs) um i my personal mission in life is to see the hurting become healed and the healed go out and heal other people because hurt people the adage is hurt people hurt people Mm -hmm. healthy people heal people and that hurt isn't just emotion it's physical hurt and it's like if you're you're a beautiful example of helping people heal. If you help them heal that food component and mm-hmm. teach them how to cook better food for their families, that's creating a ripple effect of healing generations beyond even, I mean, that's profound. Do you ever stop and think like, I mean, no, but when you just said that, generations, it's amazing. <laughs> when you just, I do think about like people cooking for their families. And now like as a new mom, I, f- I find that just even more of like, wow, this is like profound that my son will grow up knowing, never really being confused about food or that cooking is a normal part of life um, yeah. and enjoying food and, and making it like just a part of our family. But when you just said that about like the generational things, like I think I just got chills because I'm like, mm. wow, like that, that really is true. Like you're changing a generational story yes. around something that is so daily and so um, necessary and just, it's so much, but it's almost like it, food just runs in the background of our lives because we have to do it. Yeah. And most people don't, they go through it in autopilot. They don't really think about it. But when you do make a change in that way and you're, it's what I call like upgrading, like you're taking all the things that you love and just upgrading the ingredients a little bit so that your body can process it better and deal with it better. And therefore you have more energy and more time and more patience and more grace with other people. And Mm. um, yeah, I do think that is such a ripple effect that sometimes gets approached 
the other way, which is preying on people's insecurities about it. Um, You know, so I noticed that as a mom too, of like people feel like, oh my God, what are you feeding your child? What are you doing? You know, because they're insecure because they never learned how to eat and feed themselves. And so that can also have a ripple effect too. And so that has become part of my mission is like helping people understand that it is connected that much bigger that maybe I need to use that too. Like generationally, it is, this is true. It's, it's connected. It is true. Generational. I mean, Oh my, my grandmother's recipe will become your intersection of that grandmother. Yeah. And people, I mean, that, that is really beautiful. Yeah. I don't know what, how I'm going to tie this in, but while you're talking one time I did, um, you know, I owned a marketing agency for so long and we did all these types of videos and stuff. And I did videos for, um, this nonprofit called city of hope and their main, um, the main industry that funds city of hope, which is a cancer, um, center for, for people struggling with cancer. And it's like this oasis while they try to heal or deal with whatever they have is the grocery store industry. So I was with all these CEOs of, I was with the CEO of Kroger. I was with the CEO of like the biggest food chains and they were really nice people. And someone said to me at this, I was invited to this dinner party and I'm like this 28 year old kid, like <laughs> the camera around. Like, you know, right. These guys are all, I mean, it was at this palatial mansion overlooking the water. It was pretty wild. And I'm like, yeah, wow, I can't believe I'm here. And I'm listening to these people talk and they're talking about the food industry. And one thing that struck me about, this conversation I overheard is someone said the food industry will never struggle because people, the one thing they, they have no concern about the marketplace. They, people yeah. always have to eat. And I was like, Oh, that's so interesting. And I didn't, I guess I just never put two and two together about selling something that we have to have. It's not like a luxury item, but right. then how easily, it can happen without voices like yours, mm-hmm. without voices that say, you know, that help kind of point that true North star. You can see how easily it can slide yeah. to we're just selling because we yeah. want money and people are going to buy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you are this, you know, dark, I always say darkness is not a counterforce to light. Darkness exists in the absence of light. When light appears, dark. There's no darkness that's like kind of pushing against it. No one opens a a closet door and braces like, totally. hold on, darkness might spill. How we innately know, you open that door, light goes in, and you are bringing light into this industry and light into certainly in my home. I mean, with Lauren and I and our children, like even the how we prepare meals, that's light. I, I would equate that to being light in our home. Mm-hmm. And it's so important that that's what I mean. Like, keep going, keep doing what you're doing, because even if you never see it, even if you never hear the stories, you're, you're making a profound generational impact. Yeah. That's so, that's like, so awesome. I mean, it's so, that's what I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. I I feel like I was so lost and I was somebody that I didn't even know that I was lost. I didn't even know that there was a way that was so simple and easy and you don't have to read like the latest fads and trends and diet books. And like, it doesn't have to be this complicated process that weighs heavy. It can, it can be easy. Um, But I think you're right. That's not, it's, that is not like the common voice. And I think most people don't even 
most people are like, of course I know how to eat. I don't need somebody to like teach me how or like tell me what it is. Like, of course I do. But then we don't realize it was like me too. Like I didn't realize how many narratives in my story or, you know, in my head that were always going and ongoing and conflicting with each other. And just like how much time that took up and took away from my life of how I wanted to like live and like being present with other people, like that Mm -hmm. all got in the way. And so for me, sometimes the hard part is helping people connect that of like, Yeah. yeah, but like, this is something that like does affect you. It affects your family. It affects generations. It affects, you know, like food is that big, but because it's something we do like yeah. every day, multiple times a day, it's like people right. are like, Oh, it's like not a big deal. I'm like, it's such a big deal. So right. it's like learning how to like educate and teach. I think from that, from that point, not from fear. Right. Um, because I also don't like that. There are, I think a lot of like, ways out there that approach from fear from like different documentaries and you know like they have like an agenda behind them um but trying to just teach from a point of like (laughs) just making this all easier and and not something right like that of how much that really changes everything else Hmm. you know um I feel like I'm just like, hey, I've thought about this point about your <laughs> but we'll continue because I have thought about all these points. One of it, it's um I have gone deep down the spiritual path. I was right like I have all so many things. So um and <laughs> me been, too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah you know, it's yeah. and it's been so beautiful and incredibly healing. One one of the things that I've observed over the past couple of years um, is the, the ceremonial aspect of food. Like, and that, I don't know if that's even the right word being intentional of integrating food into our path versus us. Conf- like, um, like we have, we do Shabbat dinner every Friday night and it's, that's a big part of, you know, food, yeah. wine and bread and all this stuff. Yeah. And obviously not whole, whole bread, but here's this, this idea, right? That originated thousands and thousands of years ago about consuming as part of a, a ceremony of being present. And that reminded mm-hmm. me when you said uh, those women eating in Italy, like that's, that is ceremony. It's just mm-hmm. not hey, we're having a ceremony right now, but there's this sitting, there's an intentionality, there's this being present, there's honoring the other person there. It's not mm-hmm. like, what are we eating? It's, oh, this food's getting incorporated into my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I feel like that, even if that's not your intention, I really see like what you're producing is really helping. And like this, like our life should be a ceremony. Our life should be one great intentional joy and peaceful process and mm-hmm. food just gets to come alongside us and yeah. serve us in that process. And that's, that's how I've been viewing like with your latest cookbook and like all your content. It's like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not right. to eat. The food's here to assist me on my path. And right. that has been a big shift for me. That's so awesome. I mean, so the, that's exactly what the second book is about. Mm. It's Cause the first book is about the what, 
like what is real food and here's how to make it easy. This second book um, is called Simply Real Eating and the subtitle is Recipes and Rituals for a Healthy Life Made Simple because the concept behind it, I know I'm like laughing, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it, Lucas. It's like, it is truly that of learning how to create a healthy lifestyle that lasts requires turning the times of day that you are around food into these little mini rituals of sorts. And whether that's a word that resonates with people or not, they can choose a different, but like a pause in their day, a moment of connection, a, a time when we kind of just are able to come back to ourselves, come back to, um, I call it come back to good, you know, and that's really what food symbolizes are these, these times and moments from everything from like making your morning coffee can be a ritual in itself, you know, if you are learning to use that as time and space to actually connect like back to yourself and connect above and and just kind of um, taking like away the monotonous things that we do around food and instead flipping it and using food as the vehicle and the time and space to bring a little bit more joy and more intention into your life. And so that's really what this book is about is laid out through the time of day that people usually need a little ritual or two to kind of like boost them, bolster them, get them through. So everything from like in the morning to how you think about lunch to the process of like even an afternoon joy or like a snack or having Mm -hmm. tea or some sort of process for yourself that you have these little moments throughout the day, throughout your week, throughout the seasons. Um, throughout your years that really like uses and harnesses the power of food um, instead of it being something that is like we we put on the back burner you know that's so, so yeah that's you're right on that's that exactly so what it is that yeah is so <laughs> I, um, I'm reading a return to love by Marion um, Williamson right now and she said why it's so important to bless food like why mm-hmm. the traditional prayer of blessing food is regardless of what it's you're eating to really put your intention on what you're consuming and what you're putting in you want it to be good and she said when we when we have that intentionality of blessing we don't want to eat things that we don't feel like i can confidently bless like right here's so true we i mean i grew up like you know you pray like food but let's like well yeah. what's the int- oh, like why now why here what's the purpose but i really like how she's saying no put intention of what goes in and you want everything that's going in to be good yes know? yes and i think it's important like just energetically yes. even if it is a pound of sugar The fact that you are just stopping to like intake, you know, just like to connect first before just like automatically shoving it in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Because again, you're probably trying to ignore something, stuff something down, numb out. Like it, it really helped. Like those two things are so very connected, like our behaviors around food, um, using it and abusing it for things aside from being, uh, hungry or from it being like a nourishing force. Um, so I think, I mean, it's a super helpful distinction to make. Like it's something that I started, I like same thing. Like my background has come from so many different things, like religiously or spiritually. Um, and so it's been like this process of finding my way to like, what is really true. And I, I like 
taking parts of things, you know, where I'm like, I really like that, that act of, um, blessing your food and like it's yeah just like setting the intention slowing down like take a beat like it's so much of that you can prevent so much of like the automatic habits that we have that aren't so great around food just by like bringing a little bit more awareness and a lot of times it's just like an extra moment like an extra five seconds like Mm. stop and think about what you're doing before just like diving right in Mm, such a good lesson in life too, right? I mean, so how many things will we save ourselves from? <laughs> right. Like, oh, wait, should I, you know? Yes, it's okay. so true. And I feel like food is just the perfect place to practice because you do it daily. And so it's just mm-hmm. this little tiny thing that you can bring a little bit more awareness to. And when you do that, you know, has this ripple effect in other parts of your life too, like making decisions with business or work or even in your marriage of like, not just spitting something out, but like you stop and you can pause and that's not uncomfortable to do anymore because you've been doing that with food, you know, right. and drawing more attention to that. So it just helps you be a little bit more aware and more intentional in so many parts of your life too. And I think that's really the point, you know, that's really right. the point is being able to move through your life, um, being able to like be more tuned in to what you need and, what people are doing around you. And, um, I think just like live from a more authentic place, you know, that's what that allows is like that permission, that space, like you're continually checking in, you're not just going through the motions, you're feeling all your feelings, you know, you're addressing things that need to be healed always continuously. Like this is where this leads to. And so this, like in my group program that I run, it's like people think that they come in for food. And they're like, I have a bad relationship to food. Like I'm always doing diets. I can't, you know, I can't figure it out. Like it's always something that's on my mind. But then by the time they leave, it is this spiritual conversation of like how they're showing up in their life and like how closely aligned are they to the person that they were put here to be. And Mm. it's like that process of walking them through. It starts with food, which is very physical and then goes into their mindset and how they talk to themselves and their mental space and capacity. And then it turns into emotions and feelings and maybe things that they haven't processed like through their own childhood or just limiting beliefs or stories or fears and like then starting to create more space in their life to feel those things and pauses and moments of these daily rituals. Like usually again, still tying in food because that's something we do every day. But then you get to this place of like at the end of the day, like you being the most authentic, genuine like person who's aligned to feel, you know, feeling the way and being the way you want to be like it is all truly connected and that's what it is about and that really is my mission in everything um beautiful beautiful um we got uh we got our oldest she's she's sick today at home so she's watching winnie the pooh i can hear yeah um you know you um I just think you're an awesome person. I just want to get that out there right now. You have, um, you've shared your journey publicly about having SIBO and, and I got diagnosed with that in 2013 Mm -hmm. and it's been so, I mean, I've been so sick and, and I would just tough it out. I was so just to give context to everyone listening and, and you, I was so driven to prove myself and 
prove to the world just to outrun all the pain that I had experienced in my life and all that horribleness that I was, I obsessed about proving that I was good enough, smart enough, articulate enough, you know, whatever, that I was so sick. I was, I mean, sick. And I've been sick since I was a little kid and um, I've been bleeding when I go to the bathroom and then, and they would just be like, oh, you know, it's, it's normal. And I've been sick my whole life until I started healing emotionally. And, um, but I got, when I got diagnosed, I was, so I share the story just to share like how manic I was. Like that's the best way I could describe it is I went and got a colonoscopy and an upper endoscopy. And I had a lunch meeting later that day that I was unwilling to reschedule. And I had someone drive me to Capitol Grill in downtown Seattle to meet with this guy who sold like this gazillionaire type guy would like revered him. And I was like, I'm not gonna move it. And I remember sitting there like, so out of it. I just had woken up from being out. And that was a moment I realized like, this is something I'm broke. Like something is not healthy. (laughs) I remember the guy like, and I shared like, I just got, he's like, what? It's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. It was so crazy. And, um, and that was, I look back like a real contrast and in, in, in a shifting for me of like, I have something, I got to work on myself emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so why I bring that up is gut health, physical, literal gut health is also, yeah. I think, equal to our ability to trust ourselves because our, I believe our gut is the voice of our soul. And so we can't hear our soul. We can't hear that still, small, quiet voice in the stillness if we're constantly having sickness in our gut and burning and all the things. Yeah. How how has your what's your journey been like with all that and yeah spiritually and physically with the food and and emotionally and all those things? Like how have you healed in that in that space? Yeah, it's so. I mean, it's such a great point and I'm so happy that like you see that connection too because for me that has been the lesson in all of that is like it's it's when something is off or when you're not listening or you're not paying attention or you and you just continue to like run program like automatic um without kind of stopping to check in like are you really on the right path like is there something blocking you and sometimes that can just be like fears or things that like stories that you're telling yourself or or ways and patterns that you grew up and it was like one person that said one thing at one time and it implanted in your brain Mm. and then that prevents you from doing things and being your fullest like expression fullest like reason that you're here so for me it was just such a funny thing like when I had SIBO because I was like but wait Like I knew that connection, but I was like, but I feel good. Like I'm really confused. I just, I don't know like what. And so the end of that, I wrote this entire blog post on this story. And I was like one of the posts I was most uh, nervous to like press publish on, even though I have explained so many, I'm pretty much an open book. I've explained so many parts of my life and story and journey with food and journey with business and journey with everything 
Um, but that post in particular, I'm like, people are going to think I'm crazy. People are going to think I'm so weird because I, I go through the process of like how I didn't even really know something was off until, um, I had this like experience going to a conference and it was like this spiritual, it was with Gabby Bernstein and it was, you know, like, um, I was just like sitting there and I didn't really even know why I was there. Just like, I loved her and I'd read all her books and she Mm -hmm. played a big role in me being able to like release a lot of fears and stuff I had when I was starting my business and, um, just didn't even know what meditation was at that point. And so I was sitting there in the audience and I remember she was taking video, some, uh, healing meditation. And all of a sudden I just like started crying, like just Mm -hmm. out of nowhere, just like this, intense intense like from a deep place um and it was just like something so small that she said of something like about playing small and you don't need to like dim your light or something it was something that sounds so cheesy to say now but it was something that for me growing up was like ingrained in me of like don't be too much you know don't be like you know it's too much the way that you are or the way that you look or the way that you know like And so it was just this funny thing. And I just share that because I think for me, it was not like a big, a big thing or a big um, trauma or, or something that was from the outside you would think needed to be healed. But like after that point, when I realized it was so much more like energetic and things that we are not even consciously aware of sometimes, um, can be things that like sort of block us and keep us stuck. And I think in the case of like gut stuff, that is true. Blockage, keeping you stuck, like not working properly, not being able to freely like move. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just, I hope that more people know that. And I think since I've published that post, I've gotten so many messages. I almost get at least a message a day from somebody being like, thank Mm -hmm. you for saying that, that this is, it's an emotional, energetic, spiritual thing too. When you've gone through, I, and I went through this, it was like years of being like, okay, physically like colonoscopy, do this, you know, physical check. Okay. Then go to the naturopath and take all these supplements and then, you know, take the antibiotic rounds and then you do that. And then it's like food changes. And then I did all that. And then it was just like, not really getting better and so I think with a lot of things like when it comes to healing like physical healing like it's just worth if you're willing to go there Mm. it is it is worth like going to that point of like what else could be in there like yeah programming habits fears like old things um yeah yeah because that affects everything and I feel like after that like it was just like a whole new level. It was a whole new level for me in my business. It was a whole new level. Mm. Like I just stopped getting in my own way. Um, mm. And and to truth be told, like it's not something that anybody else would notice. I don't think yeah. from the outside looking in, people would be like, oh, wow, like right. Sarah's really taken off. It was like, it's all been- It's an inside Inside, work. yeah. Inside job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. I Well, when you posted it that day, I read it and I was just like- <sighs> Yes. Yeah. Like, thank you. Thank you. And um, it's, uh, this is a funny thing about connecting on this podcast is because we've kind of all loosely been connected, but I want you to know you've made a big impact to me and my wife and in our home. And I just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you. Just really, thank you. And let's, let's, um, 
couple more couple more uh, topics. Sure. So, like, yeah. Share share about <laughs> so you have your two books and where yeah. can people find those books? Mm-hmm. So the first book, um, the Simply Real Health Cookbook, is on Amazon. Um, that's usually the best and easiest place to find it, unless they happen to live in Seattle and there's a couple of um, small retailers and you know, like local bookshops that carry it. Um, I have that all, all those stores listed on my website. And um, the second book is called Simply Real Eating and that's wherever books are sold. So mm. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, um, everywhere. Awesome. Yeah. I'm proud of you. And I know, I mean, people don't know, usually when, when we intersect with someone and we observe them, we just human nature don't understand what it took to get to where they are. Mm-hmm. And we look at like, Oh, how did you get in here? Like, I, I can't even tell. I mean, there's no way I could like tell you my path <laughs> to get me here, but you're looking at me here and, and it was all the roots and all the depth and, and doing the inner work and you having the courage to step out on your own and you being, you know, going down there. And I just want to, acknowledge you for your courage and share with everyone listening that it is we don't have a knowledge problem in this world we don't have a lack of knowledge or resources or or academies or universities or programs or whatever We, we what i think we really are lacking is courageous liberators of souls and that is what i acknowledge you for being it's a courageous you first had the courage to go in and do your inner work, liberate your own soul. And now you're helping people do the same for them. And it's just, it's beautiful. And I want to acknowledge you for having courage, even to share what you're sharing. I mean, yeah, we're having this conversation like, oh, you know, big deal. But for someone, and probably at one time for us, to even yeah. acknowledge that, like, right. whoa, I can never. Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful example. And I think um, I am on this, I just wrote earlier this week, I want to be the permission for other, I'm, I'm, I am committed to taking my mask off and showing others how to take theirs off as well. Mm-hmm. And I think when we do it, when we do the work, when we're vulnerable, when we stand in our own power and it gives others permission to do the same. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's so yeah. beautiful what you're doing. Yeah. And I wish that there was more people, you know, like before me that were doing that. But then again, I'm like, maybe it wouldn't matter, you know, but I do think the more people that can do that and that can share that and it makes it not so um, strange or weird, you know, to talk about that and makes it so much more socially normal and acceptable and um, that people don't feel so alone in the things that they do struggle with or that they Mm. um, keep inside. And that if they knew that it was so normal, you know, that they, they wouldn't feel ashamed of it and could therefore probably move quicker into healing and fixing and um, making big changes in their lives. So I think that's such an important part. And um, I think it's so awesome what you are doing because that is in the same thing of of helping people just kind of like light the way of this is how it's done and sometimes it's not pretty and sometimes it's hard and but on the other side what that really changes and what that really shifts and how free you feel and and how um 
you know, how much of a difference I think it can make. So it's, I think it's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> it is hot. Thank you. It's the freedom. Um, right. We'll, we'll wrap here in just a sec, but I want to, there's, I went to this emotional intelligence training, um, in 2000 and, um, I guess 18, 17, yeah, 18, the beginning of 2018. And when I heard about it from a friend, I was like, what is this, a cult? Like, what are you, like what everyone <laughs> says about everything. I was like, what are they, you know, what mama? And, um, but I, I had tried everything else. I mean, I read the Bible cover to cover seven times in 14 years. I could give you a dissertation on every religion. I, I, <laughs> I had all the head knowledge of this stuff, but I was still struggling. And it wasn't until I went to this, this experience where I'm in this room with 75 other strangers, some, some celebrity, some people that people would know, but the, the rule was you can't discuss business. You only say your first name. You're here for you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. And mm -hmm. I remember sharing someone, uh, sharing something that I had never uttered out of my mouth. Yeah. And even right now, like remembering it, it was one thing that I had so much shame around that yeah. um, I just was unwilling to share it. But when I shared it mm -hmm. in this room of 75 people that I did not know, and it was the second weekend of the training, I felt like I had breathed water my whole life until that moment. Like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like, this is yeah. what. Oh, this is what breathing is. This I had no idea. Just the freedom of of getting it out and sharing. And what was beautiful is I was in an environment where there was no judgment. I was in an environment where it was unconditional love, and it was mm -hmm. beautiful. And it taught me and gave me that that context to now say, okay, regardless of I, if I'm in that environment or not, I now have yeah. that environment in myself that I can breathe. Right. In and be right. in that place and bring that wherever I go. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just, you're talking about freedom and there's nothing like it. And if someone's listening right now, how can they get a hold of you? This way I wanted, that was my second question. I said I had two more questions. <laughs> the second question was, um, yeah. how can people connect with you, follow you, get yeah. part of your program, whatever, how can they um, get more of you? Yeah, everything is at simplyrealhealth.com. So same over on Instagram and Facebook. It's all at Simply Real Health. Beautiful. And I will yeah. put those links in the show notes. We'll make sure that um, this gets put everywhere on YouTube and, and everyone will have the links. Awesome. <laughs> I'll, I'll color correct. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but well, um, this is, Sarah, thank you. Thank you. It's been, yeah. first of all, just really fun to connect with you and reconnect. Yeah, it's, yeah I know. It's totally. So fun. So uh, fun. Thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, this has been great. Sarah, thank you so much for joining and thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for sharing your truths and thank you for being the permission for others to share theirs. Thank you that you are putting into pages what others are looking for and just thank you i really um everyone listening go to simply simplyrealhealth.com simplyrealhealth.com you can find the links in the show notes and make sure you follow sarah adler she is incredibly powerful and um as you can tell a very bright light so thank you sarah for joining my friends 
This is the new year. This is the end. It's New Year's Eve 2019. And as you look back on this year, do you feel good about your year? Do you feel not so good? How do you feel about the year that you've just accomplished? And regardless of how you feel about what you've accomplished or what you've not accomplished, what the results of this year have been, the beautiful thing is tomorrow starts a new year. And not just a new year, tomorrow's a new day. Take stock, write down and really visualize and think through what you want to create in 2020. I do believe this year is going to be the year of healing. It's going to be the catalyst, the movement of healing because hurt people hurt people. Healthy people, however, heal people. And it is time for those who are hurting to go in and do the inner work like Sarah was talking about, what I'm talking about. And heal oneself so that when you go out into the world, you are a healthy person that can help others do the same and heal. This is the beauty of the Golden Rule Revolution. It's about treating people like people and nothing less. And it starts with you. I'm Lucas Mack. Thank you so much for joining. Make sure you tune into the next episode. And I look forward to talking with you then. Yeah.